When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM. You know, White Boy Malcolm X, I, I completely missed, and I don't know how I did that, but when I was talking about some of the premieres coming up, Heartstopper Season 2 on Netflix, and Dune 2, the surprise sequel, oh, thanks for coming to see Dune. By the way, It's only the first half of the movie. Surprise! Yeah, that's exactly how I felt. But when I was talking about those two, I completely missed. And before I say anything else, don't start masturbating when I tell you this. Don't you dare start defiling yourself when I tell you this. But I just saw that season seven, the last season of Riverdale, that started back in in late March. And by Riverdale, folks, I'm talking about AJKJ Appa, that strapping stud of a ginger, that delicious hunk of a ginger. So we're looking at probably only a couple more months now Before that drops on Netflix, I think they release it on Netflix like within a week or two of the season wrapping. So assuming they keep that schedule up, White Boy Malcolm X, fresh porn for you, end of summer or so. And seriously, do not touch yourself. You can save that for your own house. You making... Sweet, sweet love to your Ronald McDonald blow-up doll. Whatever other weird, creepy things you do over there. When you're in my house, when you're in Casa Frost, with all that other garbage, just pretend you're in the closet. Speaking of being in the closet, though, did you see White Boy Malcolm X? Well... Hold on a second, sir. Let me try a a different approach on this one. Do you remember, I think it was a month or two ago, we were talking about that closet case, Lucas Gage. Who? Don't play coy over there. You know who I'm talking about. That kid from you. The blonde kid from you. The one that was in White Lotus, the first season of that show. Got the rim job in White Lotus. Barely. Ah, how could I forget? 
You had a ginger. You, the Netflix show, had a ginger, I mean. Just to clarify that. And he was a strapping stud of a ginger, too. He was also on the latest season of Picard. The third and final season of that show. Which we just finished up two weeks ago. But that's the only way, folks, I could ever get White Boy Malcolm X to watch Star Trek. Ginger Eye Candy. What's his name again, White Boy Malcolm X? The ginger from you and Picard. Ed Spielers. That's the one. See, folks, the walking, talking, IMDB at Ginger's. But it was Lucas Gage, and it feels like it was only yesterday. He'd been caught hanging out with some hair queen, some famous hair queen, Chris Appleton, whoever the hell that is. And at the time, he was like, oh, let me clarify my sexuality when I'm ready. Was playing a hearty game of closet peekaboo, just like Harry Peekaboo Styles. Peekaboo, peekaboo. And I warned him at the time that Hollywood was only so big and therefore only a finite number of spots out there for playing closet peekaboo. You can't have half the town playing closet peekaboo. It get too damn confusing for everyone. That's why most of the queens out there, they're acting like Ricky Martin circa 2000. Hiding so far back in the closet, they're behind the shoes. That's how far back in the closet they are. Or, they're easing into being gay. They're, wink, wink, bisexual. But they're still going out, getting plowed by half the guys in Los Angeles. Oh, but I'm bisexual. Okay, princess. If you say so. But Lucas here, after playing coy, only a month or two ago, after risking the wrath of Harry Peekaboo Styles for stealing his shtick, now, now folks, Princess here, he's now ready to drop that farce. How's this from Pride.com? Lucas Gage and Chris Appleton make red carpet debut as married couple. So he married the hair queen. And they got married back on April 22nd. So like, what is that? Almost two weeks now. And I will say this. Congrats, you two queens. Hope you have a a grand gay old time. And whatever. Hope it works out for you. Hope you go the distance. Blah, 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 blah. Don't listen to me anyway. I'm just a bitter old queen. And I bet, white boy Malcolm X, I bet the hair queen, he's the sugar daddy in this thing. Chris Appleton, that's the hair queen's name again. 
I bet you he's the sugar daddy. Hair queens, folks. Some of them. They make piles and piles and piles of Benjamins. And I've known a couple of hair queens in my life. And they were all really well off. We're not talking about the one in Denver, White Boy Malcolm X. Don't even think about it. But I knew one in Dallas. He did a lot of the blue hair set out there. The rich blue hair set out there. And he'd joke about, he'd try to guess how many millions or tens of millions, hundreds of millions he had in his chair that day. The snooty Dallas set, that was his clientele. So I'm sure Lucas, he's probably thinking, house husband or actor, I can't decide. Lucas, and I don't mean this to be catty, but you coming out, you marrying this hair queen, I think that decision, that's been made for you. Just don't become another Princess Tom Daly. One is enough. So let's just go ahead and jump into things, folks. And this first one is from Fox Business. Ed Plagiarist Sharon finds trial frustrating and insulting. Slams experts horrible depiction a hit song. Ed Plagiarist Sharon has been accused of copywriting Let's Get It On to create his hit single, Thinking Out Loud. You gotta love this. Ed Plagiarist Sharon, him clutching the pearls, acting all hysterical because someone accused him of plagiarism. Like that hasn't happened to him before now. And he's accused of In this lawsuit, he's accused of using Marvin Gaye's Let's Get It On to create his song, Thinking Out Loud. And he finds the lawsuit, which again, I don't think this one's his first. This is not Ed Plagiarist Sheeran's first rodeo. Allegedly, supposedly, possibly, maybe, not his first rodeo. When it comes to someone saying, damn, you stole my song. And when he was testifying and he was talking about the accusation that he's a flaming plagiarist, Princess Ed here, he said, I'd be an idiot to stand on a stage in front of 20,000 people and do that. Well, I won't argue that one, dear. And Ed Plagiarist Sheeran here, he finds the lawsuit frustrating and insulting because he works hard to write his own music. Oh, poor princess. I'm sure it's exhausting writing all those banal lyrics. You're Taylor Swift with a penis. And this is the guy, Ed Plagiarist Sheeran here, as he's getting the vapors about being accused of being a song thief. 
This is the same guy, folks, who plagiarized. What did he say again? He said that something like he thought he was gay or kind of gay when he was growing up because he liked, it was a really weird mix, like pop music, Britney Spears, and theater. It was some random combination like that. And at the time, I accused Ed Plagiarist Sheeran of plagiarizing being gay or kind of gay for attention. He saw the media hand jobs, all the media hand jobs that Harry Peekaboo Styles, Peekaboo, Peekaboo, the media hand jobs he was getting. And Ed was probably thinking, well, I want attention for maybe being gay too. So he plagiarized Harry Peekaboo Styles. And Princess Ed, typical spoiled brat millennial here, typical hysterical spoiled brat millennial here, he said on the stand that if he lost the case, quote, if that happens, I'm done. I'm stopping. Please, sweet baby Jesus. Please, 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 please. Please. Make Ed Plagiarist Sheeran here lose this case. What a drama queen. He's not going to lose this case. I'm sure the jury here, at least a couple of them, they're either queens or disaffected housewives who hate their lives and hate their dopey loser husbands, dream of getting banged by Ed Plagiarist Sheeran here. Someone on that jury is going to railroad this thing six ways to Sunday, dreaming of getting banged by this dopey pasty ginger, dreaming of a lifetime pass to see this idiot in concert, And not that I doubted you, white boy Malcolm X. Your decision to place Ed Plagiarist Sharon here on your ban list. Your extremely short list of gingers you won't bang. It's him, Prince Harry Ginger, and some other loser I can't remember. But my God, what a whiny little bitch he is. What a whiny little ginger bitch he is. And I hate to be a bitchy queen about this, but I kind of, sort of, want him to lose just for the ego check, which I know is bad karma, so I don't really mean it. He should only lose if he's guilty. There. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. 
And for our last story, folks, and since I did tease this the other day, and I sure as hell hope it was worth the wait, our last story is from the smoking gun. Cops. Woman shot her pet parrot to death. Drunk Floridian. Redundant. Killed Burr with Glock pistol. Police charge. While inside her residence, a Florida woman shot and killed her pet parrot with a Glock handgun. Holy crap. And then fought with her husband, according to police, who arrested the couple Monday afternoon. Police say Suzanne Mullally, 62, was intoxicated. No, duh. Like, who's not drunk in Florida? When she killed her African gray parrot, which is just racist, with a 38 caliber handgun inside the Largo home she shares with her husband, Stephen, 66, which I bet will be fun to clean up. After Malali murdered the bird, she and her spouse exited the home and began arguing and pushing each other, according to criminal complaints, which note that a witness, one of their poor beleaguered neighbors, watched the couple tangling. Additionally, Malali doused Stephen, who reportedly was also drunk, no kidding again, with water from a spray bottle, cops allege. So I guess she only uses the Glock inside the home. You get the water bottle in front of the neighbors. Malali and her husband were both charged with domestic battery, a misdemeanor. Of course, another misdemeanor in Florida and booked into the county jail. They were released from custody yesterday afternoon and ordered by a judge to have no contact with each other. Malali was also ordered to have no contact with animals. Malali, whose Glock was seized by police, has not yet been charged in connection with the parrot killing. Which, let me guess, That'll be a misdemeanor as well. In late February, cops responded to the Largo property upon receiving a report that a firearm was discharged in the backyard during a verbal altercation. So not their first rodeo. Malali was handcuffed and taken into custody after a brief struggle with cops. But she was only charged with resisting police a misdemeanor count, again, which prosecutors recently declined to pursue. And they wonder why the behavior continues. An officer who investigated the reported backyard shooting noted that there were numerous loaded firearms in plain view inside the residence. Another show-off Floridian here, which the Malalis purchased in 2003 for $97,900. Ouch. Talk about, oh, they're poor white trash. Their house costs less than a hundred grand. Which I have, actually. Well, it's kind of a funny story. Kind of in that vein. 
But we'll tackle that another time. So White Boy Malcolm X, I don't know about you, sir, but does that story make any sense to you? Barely? Yeah, kind of barely here too. I mean, they're arguing, typical drunk Florida behavior. She murders the bird with a Glock, blows that thing to kingdom come. But then those two manage to get into the front yard to keep the fight going. She drops the Glock and gets a water bottle of all random things starts spraying him with it like he's a bad cat or something. This, to me, this is just, to me anyway, I'm just not really sure. I really, truly understand what's happened here. So I think, and we haven't done one of these in God knows how long, but I think... For this one, we should do a a reimagining of what took place in Largo, Florida on that fateful Monday afternoon at the home of Stephen and Suzanne Mullally. Thoughts, sir? Do you agree with that? You do. That's what I thought. So picture it, folks. It's a lovely, sunny Monday afternoon in Largo, Florida, which is just outside Tampa. And on that lovely Sunday, Monday afternoon in Largo, Florida, we have Stephen and Suzanne Mullally. We also have Suzanne's pet parrot. Now, we don't know the name of Suzanne's parrot, but we do know that it's an African gray parrot. So for the sake of this story, we'll call the parrot Barack. Barack the parrot. So it's Monday, nice sunny day. And so Suzanne and Stephen and Barack the parrot, they're all sitting around. It was a hard weekend for them and they were just tired. The Walmart in Largo, well... Any Walmart in Florida, even on its best day, it's kind of a cluster blank. But a Walmart in Florida on the weekend, that is a hot mess inside a dumpster fire atop a train wreck. So Suzanne and Steven, they were just exhausted by having to deal with all that. And Barack the Parrot, bless his heart, He was exhausted just hearing about these two bitch about the Walmart. Because to Barack, they really kind of got what they deserved. You go to a Walmart on a Monday after all the real freaks have come and gone. Only a complete blithering idiot would try that over a weekend. Even Barack the Parrot knew that. So these two, Suzanne and Steven... They're sitting around, still exhausted. He's in his lazy boy. She's over on the sofa. Brock the parrot is in a cage between them. 
And because this is Florida, they're doing a little day drinking. And what are they drinking? Like any classy Floridian, Stephen and Suzanne are each having a glass of deliciously chill white Zinfandel. Two ice cubes. And on this particular day, they've been at that for a couple of hours now. This is not their first rodeo. Enjoying deliciously chill white Zinfandel. Two ice cubes. This is also not their first bottle of the day. When Walmart has a special on white Zinfandel, especially if they can get the good stuff, get the 1.5 liter of Sutter Home, then they're living, as the millennial Gen Z kids out there like to say, then they're living their best life. They're not low class like a lot of the other neighbors are about it. Buying Franzia in a box. Unfortunately, though, and as any popo in Florida can attest, when Floridians sit around and drink, generally speaking, that's when trouble, the kind of trouble that involves popo being called out, that's when that kind of trouble ensues. And it all began with a simple comment. A passive-aggressive comment, to be sure, but just a simple comment all the same. And so, Suzanne and Stephen, they had just gotten back from the kitchen, refreshed their glasses, a deliciously chill white Zinfandel, two ice cubes. He's back in his lazy boy. She's back on the sofa. They're all excited about Wheel of Fortune coming on. Jeopardy is for snobs anyway. But that's still a few hours away. So they're watching the NASCAR channel. And that's when Steven turned to Suzanne. And he asked her, Honey, can I ask you a question? Suzanne always hated it when he asked her that. Like she had a choice in the matter. Like she could ever tell him no. So she just gave him a look. Not that it would change anything, but she already knew that. I guess so. Honey, what do you think looks better? Tom Brady's ass in a New England Patriots uniform or Tom Brady's ass in a Tampa Bay Buccaneers uniform? That's right, folks. Stephen asked Suzanne the one question that at some point was going to involve Popo. Because there's no such thing, folks, as a peaceful discussion on that topic. The very topic that's caused God knows how many 911 calls, God knows how many arrests in the state of Florida. Because Floridians, when it comes to Tom Brady's ass and where it looks better, in a New England Patriots uniform or a Tampa Bay Buccaneers uniform, they just can't help themselves. They're Floridians. That's just how they roll. Suzanne just gave him a look. I thought he was retired. Well, he's probably going to retire anyway. Well, I'll answer the question then. Come on, baby. 
Stephen, who had a sweet talk, Suzanne. Come on, baby. What you thinking? Does Tom Brady's ass look better in a New England Patriots uniform? Or does it look better in a Tampa Bay Buccaneers uniform? Suzanne took a deep sigh. Maybe it was the deliciously chill white Zinfandel. Two ice cubes. Maybe it was just to shut him up. It's hard to watch NASCAR. It's hard to follow the cars around the track if people are talking. So she made the fatal mistake of the afternoon and answered him. Well, I don't think it's really material anymore, but I guess I'm old school. I like Tom Brady's ass in a New England Patriots uniform better. Folks, you want to talk about awkward silences, very uncomfortable silences. Like, for example, if you're at a baby shower in Louisiana and you ask the expecting mother who the father is, really uncomfortable for everyone. Like if you're out partying late one night with Daddy Dustin and Princess Tom Daly and the check comes and you say, I guess I know who's taking care of that. That kind of uncomfortable silence. But finally, folks, finally, Stephen responded. You're stupid. Everyone knows Tom Brady's ass looks better in a Tampa Bay Buccaneers uniform. Suzanne got angry. She was taking a sip of her deliciously chill white Zinfandel, two ice cubes, when he said that to her. She almost spit out her drink. That's how surprised she was. Which Danny self-respecting Floridian is worse than the insult. Say whatever you want, but you make me spill good white Zinfandel. Now we're going to fight. Excuse me? I said you're stupid. Everyone knows Tom Brady's ass looks better in a Tampa Bay Buccaneers uniform. And then Stephen, bless his heart, as dumb as he is, he decided to pour a tanker's worth of gasoline onto that fire. So Stephen turns to Barack the parrot. And he asked Barack the parrot, Barack, what do you think? Does Tom Brady's ass look better in a New England Patriots uniform or a Tampa Bay Buccaneers uniform? Another uncomfortable silence. Like when Madonna asked her personal assistant, who hates to lie, if her mangled facelift looks natural. That kind of awkward silence. And then Barack answered, Ah! Tom Brady's ass! Tampa Bay better! Typical Florida parrot. Typical Floridian. Grammar's an afterthought. Suzanne was flabbergasted. Her own parrot. That was her parrot. She's the one who fed that stupid bird. Changed out his cage every week or so when she couldn't ignore the stench anymore. And here he was, siding with Stephen on Tom Brady's ass. How dare he? Barack, she warned. Stay out of it. You ain't got no say in this. And you wonder why Barack talks the way he does. 
But Barack wasn't done talking either. Ah, Tom Brady's ass. Tom Brady better. Stephen just snickered. <laughs> Suzanne had had it. It was bad enough that her dopey husband, he thought that Tom Brady's ass looked better in a Tampa Bay uniform. What did he know? And it's not like she liked him anyway. When he humped her, all she thought about was Ed Sheeran. He was so dreamy to her, folks, even if he might have been a song thief. Allegedly, supposedly, possibly, maybe, a song thief. But getting banged by that loser? Her husband, the loser. Not Ed Sheeran, the loser. That was enough of an indignity to live with. But she was not having it from that bird. She was not going to put up with those two ganging up on her. So she challenged Barack the parrot. Barack, I dare you to say that to my face again. And so Barack did. Ah, Tom Brady's ass. Tom Brady better. Suzanne was done. She was not going to hear that again. So she got up, went to her purse, like any good Floridian woman. That's where she kept it. And she pulled out her 38 caliber Glock, which was ready to go. No self-respecting Floridian needed to have the safety on. That was for losers. So she took her loaded Glock and walked over to Barack. And she told that bird, this is from Tom Brady's ass in a New England Patriots uniform. And she shot that bird. Bam! And since Suzanne used hollow point bullets, Barack the bird was blown into a million pieces all over the living room. Parrot blood and guts everywhere. Stephen looked at all the parrot blood now covering him. That bitch probably just ruined his favorite Tommy Bahama shirt. What the hell, Suzanne? You done killed the parrot? You done ruined my favorite shirt. And you're lucky I didn't shoot you too. Stephen didn't wait to see if she'd change her mind. He got up from his lazy boy and ran towards the front door. But she was in hot pursuit. So Stephen makes it out the door. And Suzanne, she almost followed, Glock in hand. But she didn't need her nosy neighbor seeing that. She didn't need anyone calling Popo about her shooting her husband on the front lawn. So she left the gun inside and grabbed one of the many spray bottles she had hidden around the house. Why did Suzanne hide spray bottles all over the house? To spray Stephen when he was being dumber than usual? And since Stephen was a Floridian, spraying him with a water bottle actually worked. So she took that water bottle and ran out in the front yard after him. Suzanne! Don't you spray me with that water bottle. I'm tired of you doing that. Well, Stephen, I'm so tired of you. Why can't you be more like Ed Sheeran for a change? You want me to be more like a ginger song thief? Don't you talk crap about Ed Sheeran. Then she sprayed him. Ugh, you evil bitch. At the very same time, these two are going at it. One of their neighbors... She was sitting by her front window looking for the latest gossip on the nut jobs that surrounded her. 
This being Florida, she was a very busy woman trying to keep up with all the crazy going on in the neighborhood. And today, folks, today, she was not disappointed. That's when she looked across the street and saw Suzanne and Steven going at it again. And Suzanne had her spray bottle out. So she knew that Steven must have done something really dumb this time out. And then she saw the blood. They were both covered in blood. This was more than their usual carrying on. Something bigger was happening. So she picked up her phone and dialed Popo. She hated those two anyway, being all uppity about their Sutter home white Zinfandel. They think they're too fancy to drink white Zinfandel out of a box like the rest of them. So getting them into trouble with Popo would serve them right. Take them down a few pegs. And besides, only Popo, or beleaguered Largo Popo, would be able to solve this mystery. 911, what's your emergency? Eh, you need to send Popo out here. Oh my, what's going on? My neighbors are going at it again. She's spraying him with a water bottle. Heavens, he must have done something really dumb. The 911 operator, folks. This was not her first rodeo. Dealing with a wife, spraying her husband with a water bottle. And they're both covered in blood. Oh, mercy me. I'll send out Popo right away. So Popo shows up. Again, or beleaguer Largo Popo. And they got one look at those two. Both of them covered in blood. Her chasing him around the yard with a water bottle. This being Florida, they were not shocked in the least that this was unfolding before them as it was. And this being Monday, and after a weekend of dealing with all the crazy over at the Walmart, and then not wanting to try to figure out all the drama and who was to blame, Popo arrested both of them for domestic battery, booked them into the county jail, and called it a day. End of story. So, White Boy Malcolm X, did that, sir, did that clear things up for you? What went down that fateful day, that fateful Monday in Largo, Florida? Mostly. Your typical answer. So, I'll take that as a yes. So, on that note, Since I cannot top these silly Floridians getting into it, even if a parrot was brutally murdered in the process, since I cannot top that, it is time to plug pull this podcast. Thank you so much, ladies and gentlemen, for joining us on this midweek edition of the Miller Frost Podcast. I am your host, Miller Frost. Joined, as always, by my fake black friend, white boy Malcolm X. Have a great rest of your week, a good start to your weekend, and we'll see you back here in a couple of days. In the meantime, take care.